Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 171 with Dr. Deb Kern, Movement as Medicine. Today, we're going to be talking about how we can use our bodies to free our minds by breaking down energy barriers and reconnecting with our divine selves. (laughs) Yes, and I know that that sounds a little bit of woo, but y'all know that I have been talking about the Prana Shakti dance classes that I've been doing. I've been posting on my stories and um, really sharing how I have found with reconnecting with my body, it's really helped me to tap into my inner voice and has played a role with so much internal shifting and things. And we're going to get into today a lot beyond the woo and the elements of maybe spiritual components of this. We're going to also talk a lot about, as you guys know, I always do, the science behind movement as medicine. Yes. And I know that after (laughs) that first Dr. Deb class that you brought me to, I was like, something happened in my body and my brain, but I don't know what it was. Um, So I'm super excited to just pick Deb's brain about all of the things and her methodology. And it's all really grounded in science and her medical teaching. So it's an awesome, awesome episode for you guys. Definitely. So be sure to hang on and tune in for the entire episode. But before we get started, I want to let you know that I have opened up additional spots in my 12-week virtual food as medicine ketosis program. We launched the program last week and have had such fantastic outcomes. Uh, We've made a lot of changes. You know, every time we do this program, which has been quarterly, uh, last year we only ran three programs because of all of the shifts with my book tour. But with that hiatus and this being the new year, Becky and I did a deep clean and we came out with some really awesome shifts. Um, Let's highlight some of those, Becky, for listeners so that they can understand if they've participated prior, what some of the new things are, and then um, also what already we're starting to see as outcomes. Totally. So one big thing that we wanted to add for members this go around, and we've gotten a lot of feedback around, um, is... Uh, more direct access to our labs and supplements. So we've provided discount codes for those in the program to get between $25 savings all the way up to $250 savings on some of our, or all of our labs, um, just depending on on which lab it is. The MRT is actually $250 off, which is amazing savings and literally worth the value of your program. Um, We're also providing discounts on supplements as well as our adrenal rehab and detox virtual classes, just so you can have access a little bit easier and a little bit easier on your bank account to all of the tools that we talk through in the class. Yes. And it's always been very encompassing and incorporating functional medicine, but I'm continuing to look at the messaging and I was reading like our, our landing page on 
the keto class. And, you know, when I started doing nutritional ketosis a decade plus ago, it was a new topic. Can you use fat as fuel? And so we've been in the classroom really taking things next level, addressing things like leaky gut and autoimmune disease or women's hormones and the connection of the adrenal glands or the importance of detoxification and how your fat cells release endocrine disrupting chemicals, um, really digging deep into how and when to carb cycle, what is metabolic flexibility. And I took hours and hours of time painstakingly really combing through my protocol again so that the three tiers that we have, the, the fast track, the steady and sustain, and the heal, maintain, and gain really make sense for continued up-to-date research. So we do allow carbs to zero out for a carnivore approach, but we also, if you've been doing carnivore, we'll give you some science and strategy of things you might want to consider and why you might want to bring in leafy greens or what you might want to bring in supplemental level and how your particular carb threshold is going to influence ultimately your hormone health, your metabolic health, and so much more. So I'm super, super, super excited for you guys. Uh, we have therapeutic protocols for thyroid and autoimmune disorders. We have protocols for fertility, hormone imbalance, and so much more. I hope you'll grab a spot and it's at AliMillerRD.com. As you know, go to books and programs, click ketosis class, $299 for the program with both ebooks and $269 for the program itself. I'm super excited too about how pretty the slides look this time around. I actually got to really get yeah, in girl. there and um, it feels a lot more organized and, and grounded and the flow is much more intentional um, every time that we do it. So grab your spot for sure. And before we bring on Dr. Deb, let's just have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, F-Bomb. Yes. You all know that I have a serious love affair with F-Bomb. I have been eating them for three plus years when I first met Ross and his wife at the first ever KetoCon and was super excited to find a clean packaged snack. F-Bomb started as a nut butter and premium oil company and their nut butter bases use coconut base or macadamia nut base and are single ingredient things you can pronounce and see and so fantastic that I use them within my entire household. You guys know if you watch my Instagram stories that Stella is often dropping an F-bomb. Love to say that phrase. <laughs> um, and I'm a big fan of do her doing so because this provides fat as fuel for her brain. It's going to mellow out um, blood sugar spikes. It's going to mellow out behavior, help with concentration and focus. Awesome. And we absolutely love that F-bomb has really stuck to their originally uh, original intention and, and product integrity even as the keto space has, you know, evolved into more non-caloric sweeteners. They haven't messed with any of that crap. I don't think they ever will, which is amazing. Um, and they've evolved their line to include the nut butters in jars so that you're not just using the single use plastic packs. Those are more for like on the go. And then at home, you can dip a spoon into the jar and use it that way in shakes or just literally off the spoon is how I eat it. Um, they've also got their pork sticks, which have a great texture and their Keto Crunch, which is a cheese crunchy that's a lot more voluminous and like crispy than some of the other ones out there. So they really hold up for like dipping guacamole or just doing as a crouton. Topping uh -huh. it. Yes, so these good. are salads yep. <laughs> for sure. Yes. 
So go on over to dropanfbomb.com slash AllieMillerRD, dropanfbomb.com slash AllieMillerRD, and that's where you will land on the page of my favorite products. You will also, by landing in on that page, save at your checkout, and you can use the code AllieMillerRD at checkout right, to save. I'll read Dr. Deb's bio, and then we'll bring her right on. So Dr. Deb, yes, Dr. Let's Deb do Kern is a health scientist visionary teacher and guide who is dedicated to helping women live divinely embodied lives. Deb has traveled far and wide to study and apprentice with master teachers, shamans, yogis, herbalists, and healers. Her varied studies and experiences have helped her evolve practices and tools that help women embody the divine feminine and live pleasurable, purposeful, spirit-infused lives. Dr. Deb's years of practice as a nurse health educator, personal trainer, yoga teacher, Nia teacher, and a yoga therapist combined with her life experiences have given her insights that are just not found in books. She's observed. Yes, totally. You'll hear it. I didn't know she did all those <laughs> things. Oh my gosh. Um, she has observed time and time again that when we take actions in our own healing and become aware of the patterns that disconnect body and mind, miracles can occur in every area of our lives. And she adores inspiring others to experience these miracles. Deb is the creatrix, I love that word, of a healing movement practice called Prana Shakti Dance a and a transformational online program called the Shakti Sisterhood. Welcome, Dr. Deb. Hey there. We are so excited to get into all things with you today, and I have shared my experience working with you through Prana Shakti on the podcast now, I think like four episodes or so, and I'm constantly downloading the messages that you send to me through class to my audience, so I'm so excited to be on air with you to pick your brain and really provide my audience direct access to the source. <laughs> I'm delighted to be here, and I'm really happy you get those downloads in class. <laughs> it's a good thing. That's the whole reason we do it, really. Yes, yeah. We are so excited to have you, Deb, and I've gotten the magic of your class just once and hoping to take it much more in the future with Allie. Um, let's just start off with your story. So I'd love for listeners to hear your journey discovering the power of movement and energy medicine and what inspired your dissertation on mind-body experience and kind of your spiritual growth story? So where did this all just, come from? That's just one of 20 questions, uh -huh. so. <laughs> well, I just, first of all, I have to, I, I love listening to y'all talk about the dance class. And I I, I, I fell off my chair when I heard you say it was hippy-dippy-woo-woo -woo or something. <laughs> In a good yeah. way. What's so funny is that I come from such a conventional conservative background I mean, I'm the oldest daughter of a German Lutheran family from Texas, and I was in at Vanderbilt Nursing School, really buttoned up um, down a really straight and narrow medical pathway. And really what started the whole thing was I had the life that I thought was exactly the life you're supposed to have. I was, let's see, what was my job? I was the director of women's health at Arlington Hospital in Virginia. I was in the the... Washington, D.C., Junior League. I lived next door to senators. I had the right kind of husband and the right kind of house and the low percent body fat, and everything was perfect. And then in a three-month period of time, I uh, what has happened first? The first thing that happened is my husband left me. I miscarried twins, and 
under the pressure of it all, I couldn't even keep doing my job. It was like a boom, boom, boom. And I was only 29 turning 30 and I didn't have any of the tools. I, and I, it just, it turned my life so upside down that at that young age and with what little I had of tools, I thought my only options were uh, either I kill myself or I move to Africa and be a missionary because I couldn't even imagine living. This is how torn open I was. And I say all that because many times this is where the kind of work I do comes from. It comes from having something the old way not work and then having to go on a search. So in my searching, Obviously, I didn't kill myself or become a missionary in, in Africa. Door three opened up, which to me was a, a logical next choice, which was get, oh, go back to school and get your PhD. So I went back, came, moved back to Texas, and um, I got a PhD thinking I'm going to get a degree about more and more about wellness. I want to dig deeper into what I already know, what I already thought I knew about diet and exercise. And mind you, this is in uh, 1989, 1990. And so all we knew back then was what y'all already in this program know is not the thing because we had people doing low fat, exercise more, wear your seatbelts. I mean, that was kind of it. <laughs> Sleep eight hours. <laughs> That's all we knew about. So I went back thinking I'll do more of the same and I couldn't do it because what I realized is that all of that hadn't helped make me be healthy and well. It had kept me out of touch with my body. I didn't even know who I was. And as they say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So during my doctoral program, took my first yoga class, bawled my eyes out the whole class, didn't understand why I was crying. Then I, I was running the fitness department as part one job was teaching women's health and one job was teaching uh, fitness classes and running the aerobics program. So I went to a uh, one of those conventions and I got a ticket in my packet for a thing called NIA, which stands for Neuromuscular Integrative Action. It's a movement technique. And these people were in there barefoot and they were flailing their arms around like a bunch of hippies. And I'm like, I do not belong <laughs> in there. Like I wanted to burn calories, you know, get my heart rate up and burn calories. But I went and I cried in that class too. And in that experience, I had this sort of awareness that, what's going on? Because I actually feel better after I cry, but why am I crying? I'm not even sad. And then just different teachings started dropping in. I became aware of Ayurveda. I went down the Ayurveda path, which is the system of healing from India. I started learning about energy systems and where emotion gets stored in the body. And then light bulbs started just going off. Bing, bing, bing. Oh, even though I had done a year of talk therapy about the miscarriages and my divorce, it was still in my body. So every time I moved my pelvis, for example, tears would flow out, but they weren't, I wasn't crying. I could, you know, not in the standard way that I understood it. And so it, I made it my life work from that day to figure out how can I not only do it for myself, but teach other people how to move emotions out of their bodies so that they can be clear and free and create the life that they want to create. Um, and so that's the, that's the beginning of it. And I will say what made me laugh is that about 25 years ago, I had a boyfriend, I overheard him talking to his buddies about my class. And he said, well, it's kind of like a cross between a Taekwondo class and a Pentecostal worship <laughs> service. <laughs> So it made me think of your comments. I think she said jazzercise meets yeah. uh, hippie woo or exactly. something. Exactly. 
Lesney's hippie woo, which would be my other tagline, I think, if I had one. Because I really do know, you know, that from the outside in, it just looks so bizarre, but there is a method to the madness. So for the last 35 years, I have been studying how can I, what else can I add into this? What other languaging, what kind of movement techniques, what kind of energy work would fit into the 75 minutes to help people do that? So that's the story, the general story. So can you define for listeners what prana shakti is? And let's talk a little bit about its process, you know, the flow within that 75 minutes and what are the pillars or the foundation of the practice itself? So prana is um, a word, they're both Sanskrit words. Prana means that flow of energy that makes you alive. So it flows through our body as our aliveness. Um, we call it we call it energy. We call it breath. Sometimes it gets, it gets used both ways. So it's energy and breath and Shakti is specifically feminine energy. And it is the energy that makes flowers bloom. It makes the trees grow. It makes the birds sing. It's this kind of, it's a feminine energy. And so I like using those two combined. So we do, we do masculine and feminine movements in class. Prana has more of a masculine feel. Shakti has more of a feminine feel. And as part of the healing that I like to offer is having all of us open up the, our healthy masculine and healthy feminine sides. What was the other question? Oh, like foundations oh. within it. Are there, so, are there certain elements that you, I know each class has a theme. So mm -hmm. kind of what is the, the maybe scope within that these themes come out of or do you set an intention? I know you have all of us set an intention as we participate, but, but you know, like what, what are we looking to get out of it? I yeah. So somebody could, can pull back the curtains and see what's <laughs> actually going on. Like yeah. what, like jazzercise means blue, but is there any like structure? And so the answer is there is definitely structure. Every class follows a, I, what I call it. It's a wave and in the wave there's 13 steps. And we sometimes do a few of those steps over and over again before we move on. But the, the way it goes is, we always start by getting grounded because all of us arrive so spun out. So we get grounded and get breathing and then we need to move our joints because when the joints are stuck, energy has a hard time moving and that causes more problems. And I want to make sure everyone's good in their joints. So grounded, breathing, moving joints. And then we start heating up because the ultimate goal is to release stuck energy, but you can't release it when you're cold. So, it could look like a standard class because we're heating up major muscle groups like quads and hamstrings and glutes, the big ones. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of more leg things. And once we get warmed up enough and there's enough moving, then I do what I call in my terminology agitate. So I go in and I want to agitate along. So in Sanskrit, we call them chakras, which sound, could sound really woo. You could also call them the different nerve bundles or plexus. So solar plexus, right. cardiac plexus, esophageal, all the plexus. If you look on a diagram in a Western medicine book, you'll see as the nerves exit the spinal cord, they exit in bundles. Mm -hmm. And we're aware of solar plexus, cardiac plexus, but there's seven of them. And in Sanskrit or a yoga class, you're going to hear them talking about chakras. It's not really woo. It's just another name for the same thing. And what we know is that energy gets, uh, we hold tension in those areas when we're under emotional stress. And so my job is to get into all of those areas and agitate them 
like in the washing machine. That's how I think of it. I think if everyone comes in with these stains and they're stains and they're going to be tough stains. So I'm going to use hot water and then I'm going to agitate the heck out of them. And that's through certain movements, which y'all know what they are. They, they do different things. And then once they're agitated enough, and I feel like if they were in the washing machine, what you'd see is the, the dirt starts loosening from the clothes. Then I do the liberation, which is like, looks like a free for all. And it's what most people would need uh-huh. a couple of glasses of Chardonnay to do. <laughs> the time if I do my job right people forgot where they are you forget where you are I if I've done my job and and because of the class has agreed that they want to do this kind of healing all of a sudden everyone's dancing around like crazy people and fun liberated people and we're releasing so there's the liberation and after liberation there's connection all of a sudden when you open your eyes you can connect to other humans which is so important I don't want, I don't really care about us connecting in the beginning of class because everyone's in their, 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 their really uh, out of balance state. But at that point, when you're liberated, it feels more like when you were five or three or before you got all self-conscious. And when you open your eyes and connect with other women, my classes are all women in Austin, it's so deeply healing. I know it for a fact mm-hmm. because you connect with women where you're not judging each other. You're not looking at each other's hair or your clothes or how much you weigh or any of that stuff. You're just seeing the real person and some level of healing happens there. And then after connection, then we, we do some strengthening because a, I want to always stay strong and women need more upper body strength. We need to build it in. So I use upper body strengthening and some core strengthening, but also from an energetic standpoint, we need a strong container to hold our energy. Mm-hmm. So often we outsource the container. We have all this energy. We want someone else to take care of it for us. So it's about owning your own container and being your own container, which is masculine energy and not having someone else do it for us. And then, so these are the pillars. I'm almost, almost to the end. I hang love in, it. No, I love hang, it. Hang in with me. So, so I'm, I'm so we're after we strengthen, then we lengthen and then we assimilate and integrate. So that's during what in a yoga class would look like the more stretchy business and then Shavasana. That's mm-hmm. what that is. So you have a chance to just be quiet and all that stuff just come around back in and start to, uh, to assimilate. And then we integrate at the very end. I do a breath that integrates left and right, right and left, heaven and earth up and down, out and in, and away we go. And don't forget the yeah. membrane. <laughs> and, and we, part of the, as part of the assimilation is our energy field. So, you know, which also could sound woo. I'm working with the physical body, but also the energetic body. So what happens as, as you start releasing all that held tension, your energy field gets huge. And what we know, like if you've never, most of your listeners probably are all energy savvy, but oh, just, sure. but just in case, like in, and for those of you who are energy savvy and, but people, other people in your life aren't like maybe your parents or your aunt and uncle, well, just let them know that your body has energy in it. When you do an EEG, you're measuring the electrical frequencies of the brain. An EKG is the electrical frequencies of the heart. And so those electrical, the frequencies don't just stay inside of your skin. They travel around you. So what happens at the end of class is our personal electromagnetic field gets ginormous because we're all free. But we don't want to walk around the world with it that big. We want to keep the energy field in close enough to us that we can keep it 
safe, not let people into it. So it has its own container. It has its own membrane, like a cell membrane, just like your cells do. So at the end of class, we literally pull our cell membranes back in so that we don't get blown out after class. I used that a lot during the holidays, actually, almost nine out of 10, whether it was a friend or family member. And I would say, oh, that's someone that you just need to maintain a thicker membrane with, you know, in the sense of like, you just need to pull in a little bit. You have to reduce your expectations. You have to give them a little bit less authenticity or vulnerability. So you can use it in an emotional sense as well. But, but I think in that level of, like you said, liberation and, and physical release, there, there is this palpable energetic field. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I love that. And when I took that class that spoke to me on such a deep level, um, I was going through something with a friend where I needed to create some boundaries and barriers and like kind of didn't even realize it was happening until we took that class and things just Mm -hmm. kind of like snowballed (laughs) from there where it was like, oh, you need to address this. And I'm sure that happens a lot for women of like, once you work it out in your body, it kind of comes to fruition, you know, in your life. Totally, Becky. And really, a lot of it is about awareness. You know, we we just get hypnotized or I don't I use the word hypnotized just because we get numb to everything around mm. us and it becomes normal. We don't even realize it until after class. You are your sensitivities are definitely heightened. So you're more likely to notice when it happens. It feels like almost a, an intrusion, like, wait a minute. Whereas before it was actually part of your reality. So it's, it, gives, it gives a good benchmark to uh, compare against when you move back out. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the use of sounds in practice, um, both the, the significance of tone, um, and you can spell them out probably and define them, you know, like hut versus ha, mm-hmm. and also maybe mantra or, you know, phrase and sa- how that influences energy and how that influences connection within the body. So um, when you, the body responds to frequencies, uh, I always like to remind everyone in class that we know this in Western medicine, we use lithotripsy uh, to break up kidney stones or gallstones. So lithotripsy is sound frequencies shot into the body. And then the things that are matching that frequency um, really go. And so what I'm doing in class is using different sounds that I've learned from my yoga practices, from learning tantra yoga, which is a mantra based mantra is repetition phrases. And it, it pretty much every sound makes a difference, but I choose these sounds specifically for the different areas of the body. So the lower part of the body has a sound like huh, like that. Um, and we, you know, we do these things naturally. If no one stopped you, when you, when you squatted down to pick up something, you'd probably go, huh, mm-hmm. you know, or you, you hear tennis players huh, like this, and it, and it pulls in the core at the lower core, right? The pelvic floor in the lower core. So that's, we use that sound. We use that sound to also to help to start agitating. So those sounds are agitation sounds, hut and then ha or ho for the middle of the body. The heart says, ah, which is normal, right? We say, ah, so I use those sounds. And also there's another reason it's to, it's to break up the energies, but also because class is women and women often don't really use their voices, Mm -hmm. hold back. And it's, it's really interesting to me. 
Um, I don't even like it when someone makes me make a sound. And so I'm not the teacher that's going to make people make a sound, but I'm going to sure as heck offer as many opportunities, maybe turn the music louder so people feel less uh, insecure about it. But to make sounds, open the throat and actually make sounds is really empowering for women. So the first class that I took, I took one class when I was pregnant, maybe two that Jody made me go to, made me go to, no, it was wonderful. Um, And uh, I I then went about six months ago and now I've been going ever since because I broke twice in class. So it's funny, you've brought up two things that I just want to, I don't think I've shared this part of my experience with listeners. One was the intimacy and the connection with women there was a part of the practice in which you had us for an entire song make nonstop eye contact Whoa. with the women in the room. Yeah. And I lost it. I, I found myself looking away, getting shifty. And it's really wild because it was right before I was ready to embark on my book tour. And I have no problem. I am the give me the microphone girl. You know, like I am all about the voice. I'm all about sharing. I'm all about expressing what I perceive as my bliss and my talents, my gifts. But I could not maintain the eye contact. And then there was a part in that class when we were facing the trees and you were stating things and we were supposed to say either I want it or I'll take it or something Mm. of that liking. And it was like prosperity, I'll take it love, I'll take it or whatever, I'll have it or I'll, whatever yeah, it was, yeah. it's an ownership. Yeah. And I couldn't speak. And then there was a part of the, the, the free movement where you said, just make a sound, any sound. And literally I went mute. Um, and so there was just this huge, so, so at that closing and putting back together of that class, that's when that I shall release song, which I'm going to play this. I'm going to share a song with you guys in mm. the show notes, which has really resonated with me recently. Um, but you said something at the end there about stopping, uh, you know, don't try so hard. Stop mm. white knuckling it. We were holding a band in our leg. And you said it again yesterday about just let the muscle release the bone. And that's like yeah. a really deep, weird, th- I've never thought of my musculature in that sense. And you said, just let the band do the work. Um, and, and that's kind of when after I kind of put all that together with, with Jody after him about this wounded masculinity of coming in as a business owner this last decade, trying to prove and just push my head against the wall. And, and it already is like it already is. It already is manifesting. And I've come in with such a gentle perspective because of all of those pieces of the puzzle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This makes my heart sing. <laughs> yeah. So. What happens, it, like those statements in class, they really come from the collective, the collective consciousness of who's in the room. So those statements just get pulled in for exactly who's supposed to be there. And uh, then I'm glad you hear what was said. That's how, that's how it works. <laughs> and then I want you also asked about mantra. So I want to say, because yes. I, heard, I heard you talk about mantra in your, your New Year's. Yeah, or, I don't know which episode it was. Sure. But, um, couldn't agree more with what you said. So I'm just going to repeat a little bit, which is everyone has mantras all day long. You're saying something to yourself all day long. There's, we all have these recorders on repeat until we're aware of it. And the practice of meditation, which I highly recommend, pick a practice, any practice, but a practice that helps you see your own mind. Really, that's what meditation does. If you say, I'm going to sit here for two minutes and I'm going to focus on my breath, breathe in, breathe out, you're going to all of a sudden see your own mind, which is a huge power because then you go, wow, I didn't know I had all that stuff going on in there. 
And one helpful thing is to put something in on purpose. So what phrase are you going to put in there? So in class, I will use phrases for us to repeat because sometimes they slip in even easier when you're moving. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do that. And silence all the, the <laughs> yeah. other Silence all the other stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's like with, with, your, um, with food programs too, I'm sure you would agree that it's, it's one thing to take stuff out, but you need to put something in. And something, sometimes if you focus on the good things you're going to get to have, put it in there, you're not so focused on what you can't have. No space. Right. No space. So you just put in the good things. Same thing with thoughts or mantras. Right. I love that. And I think all of us walk around with kind of this unconscious tape playing. And I think the same goes for um, maybe like places in our energy that we're stuck. Like maybe we don't realize it. Um, And I'd love to just get into maybe some examples of what someone might experience when they're carrying stuck energy both mental and physical, like what does that look like? And then what's the best way to tap in and liberate it? So when I can see when, when people walk into class, like in the very beginning, for example, we'll do hip circles and um, let me speak about myself. I'm such a good one to say my background was like, I already said to you, oldest daughter, German Lutheran Uh, aerobics teacher, I taught all the old stuff, high impact, high, low step. I even did slide, which most of you are too young to remember, which is a good thing. The booties. (laughs) Yeah, with the little booties. This was really overused. You muscle groups. It burned like I'll get up. It didn't do any good. Anyway, um, so I, I did all that stuff. So when I first attempted any kind of organic free movement of my hips or my chest, my, you know, the chest and hips, I couldn't, I was just stuck. I could do, you know, knee lifts and jumping jacks and heel jacks and push-ups, jog in place, but I couldn't really do anything fluid. So what it looks like, it looks like rigidity. Um, it, and um, and it's, this is not a judgment in terms of criticism. It's just, just is, just rigid. And um, so letting, getting things moving in the pelvis in a circular way, which is meant to be able to make circles and getting the chest to be able to open the front and the back of it, um, then moves that energy that's stuck there. And there's pretty much a pretty rule of thumb. We hold a lot of, uh, traumas in the pelvic area, no surprise, sexual traumas, wounding, but even from things you may not think about, like comments that were made to you when you were just growing up, um, just negative sexual comments that someone said as you walked across the street, you think you just brushed it off, but your pelvis heard it hmm. and there's a little stuck place. Um, so even the smallest things and, and all of us have bigger things too. And maybe we've done talk therapy and so we understand it and we're okay with it and we've journaled about it, but hasn't moved out of the body. Um, so that, So that's what it looks like. It, it looks like rigid and stuck. And a lot of times there's pain, you know, shoulder pain, neck pain, TMJ pain, low back pain, sciatica pain, knee pain, ankle pain. Everything's related to, can be related to where emotions are stuck in the body. So did that answer your question? Yeah. And I think on a <laughs> GI level, well, I, I think constipation being a huge one of like, as Susie Batiste says, let that shit go. You know, there's, there's a huge piece of that. I think of that clenching and that enteric nervous system connection with the subconscious, uh, 
and 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 that clenching, like you said, same neuromuscular jaw, all, all of that for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, and and reflux too. I mean, mm. any anything, all of it is re- it's all related. You know, totally related. So let's talk a little bit about divine femininity, and you know what you find to best to be best techniques or movements. How do we channel our inner goddess? Let's get a little bit woo. <laughs> Let's get a little bit woo because I know my listeners are all there anyway. Um, how does a woman rediscover self love or, or or that divine self? I guess as a big piece when they feel numb or disconnected or distracted. Uh, But before we go into that, I'll give you a moment to think on that. And um, we're going to get a quick word from our opening sponsor, Harper and Soul. So Harper and Soul Provisions makes fat-fueled, nutrient-rich, savory, and lightly sweetened granolas, or I think we like to call them more like nut nolas, that are made with whole real food ingredients and fresh scratch-made spice blends. They're always non-GMO, free of gluten, grains, dairy, soy, corn, highly processed oils, and refined sugars. And they are keto-friendly as far as a real food keto approach goes, using small amounts of about two to three grams of added sugar only from organic small batch Vermont maple syrup. They're awesome for breakfast bowls, salads. Um, You could put them on top of like a cauliflower rice dish or even a pie crust, which is something on my list to try out. Shoot, you could just have them on your desk and snack on yep. them between clients like I do. That's probably the <laughs> easiest way. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we love them in the whole household. And um, Jess is a dear friend of mine who has taken Prana Shakti, and she actually saw me post yesterday and was like, girl, tell me next time you're going. I need that, and I need my re- holiday reset. Um, so, yes. We love Harper and Soul Provisions. They have four fantastic flavors, as Becky said, all whole food based. And what's beautiful is the herbs and spices and seasonings really add that abundance of leveling up to your snack. So not only is it clean and fat fueled, it's also providing you a great source of anti-inflammatory support, antioxidant density, and the flavors are high level foodie appreciated. So you can select from cardamom coconut, rosemary maple, ginger snap, or turmeric cracked pepper. And another little thing I'd like to note is that they use egg white to bind the flavor, which is really fantastic. That adds some protein and um, I'm just really happy to include them as a daily option. Um, go on over to harperandsoulprovisions.com and use the code AllieMillerRD at checkout. When you choose two bags or more, you will save 15%. Again, the code is AllieMillerRD. Go on over to harperandsoulprovisions.com. Awesome. So from nut blends back to divine femininity, it totally works, right? Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to touch the whole nuts. And, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> well, so you want me to talk about that? Yeah. Yes. Question, Becky. Um, so just, uh, I guess, best techniques, or I know there are certain movements that you identify as classes as more feminine, so like circles and spirals. And then more like linear movement as more masculine, um, but just ways to, uh, as a woman, you know, rediscover for women that feel numb, disconnected, distracted, how to like get back in their body and, and just some of the techniques that you use. Great. I'm going to give you an inside out and an outside in approach. 
So an inside out approach is um, the feminine is felt. So it's not something that we can start by thinking about. It's a felt experience. So embodiment is felt. So it, there's a waking up to what do you sense? So even for instance, in class, I don't, you know, yesterday I had people, can you feel the hairs on your arm as you move your arm through space? Shifts your awareness completely. So moving into the feminine is away from judgment and criticism and into feeling and sensing any, any way you can do it. I recommend that women, um, all people actually, but I'll say women start their days with some form of self massage to wake up their, to their own body. So this is actually an Ayurvedic practice as well. Um, and it can happen in the shower. You're taking a shower, but instead of being perfunctory and just get her done, like you're washing a car or something, actually feel your own hand on your skin. So your hand feels you like one hand can actually feel, what does it feel? Does it feel smoothness or does it feel roughness or you know, what's it feeling, but also you're feeling it. So there's two way feeling. We miss it because we go so fast. So waking up to your own sense of feeling and then to take it up a notch, adding pleasure to it. So is there an oil or a lotion that you love? Is there a shower gel that you love the smell of or the feel of? And when you awaken your senses to pleasure, you move more and more into your feminine essence. So it doesn't have to take extra time. It can be part of your day, but it does take awareness. Um, and so you have to wake up to it. So that's how I would start. I would start with touching and feeling and sensing your own body from the inside out. Like what does it sense? What does it smell? What does it feel? What temperatures, what textures, and what do you love the feel of with your own touch first? All the benefits that we get from massage, we can get most of those from just our own hand on our own body. We can get most of the same, which are huge. We can't even list them all here. So many benefits. So that's one way. And then in terms of movement, if there was only one, there were okay, two words I would say, it would be slower and circular. Slow, and then if I add a third, it would be grounded. So grounded, slower, circular, those types of movements will bring you back into your feminine. Um, yeah. So I would say that then I want to say, um, there's an outside in approach too, which is looking for examples that give you images. I'll stop there and see if you have any questions about that. Can you talk a little bit when you're talking about that awareness of the hairs on your arms, um, I think it was the class you were in, Becky, where Deb was talking about like the back of the heart yeah, and yeah, yeah. connecting the spine. Um, I've used this scenario with clients. You talked about how, you know, we, and, and whether it's mental distraction or just because we overuse other senses, you mentioned the connection of like a blind person and, and how aware they are of their surroundings. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think that resonated really strongly with me. Well, it's so interesting because the front of the body is masculine and the back of the body is feminine. The masculine energy, not men and women, because clearly we all have a front and a back. So men have <laughs> men have a back of the body too, and so it's it's about the quality of feminine feminine energy. So masculine energy goes out, feminine energy goes in. It receives. So the back of the body, um, as a metaphor for life, we're not aware of it. Like we're not aware of our feminine energy. We're so in our masculine to get the job done 
which is all good. It's just that we need the balance. And therefore, we're also not aware of the back of our body. It, there's not as much proprioception back there either. So to pay attention to the back of your body, to even walk backwards in your own house will turn on your feminine energy, wakes you up in a whole new way. And the, we, we have the capacity to sense from our back body. We just don't ask ourselves to do it. So what I was saying in class, just like a person, if they lose their sight, suddenly they hear way more um, and they, they sense things with heightened sensitivity. They always had the capacity, but because they have lost one of their sight, their abilities, they've gained more than the others. You have the capacity to sense from your back body. You're just not using it because everything probably all of you listening, you're really aware of everything in front of you. Are you really, are you as aware of what's behind you? Now I know your eyes are open and that's part of it, but even with your eyes closed, I think you're more aware of your front body than you are your back body. Yeah. And I think I've been trying to tune into that. It's interesting practice, uh, especially when in conversation or, you know, being more focusing my year on the word connect or connecting or connected. Uh, like you said, I can take a moment and tap in as you're sitting next to me, Deb, and I can feel your presence next to me. But if I don't intentionally and purposefully do that, I, I would say I wouldn't feel you in this room, right? That I just know you're here because I see you, I hear you, and yeah. I rely on those things. It's just a really wild thing to imagine as you were talking about energy and membrane, all these things, that we can experience each other's presence and that that really creates this unity that I think it is is a very nice safety. It's just like this Venn diagram, yeah. <laughs> right? And we're well, all connected. And, and there's something super, super huge about this for your your desire for connectivity or connection. When we're desiring connection, so often, it, let's just take conversation to people. So often our attention is out, out, out. We're shooting out of our eyes. We're talking out of our mouth. We're going forward. We're trying to be interesting to them. Everything's forward. And it's not as connecting as if, if you would sit into your back body and receive them, you'll connect with them more. So some, some of both, but so often we're just like forward, forward, forward. We're, we're looking at them We're everything's out. And there's this whole part behind us we're not part of. So if we fail, feel our back body and literally kind of sit back into it, they feel like they can come into us mm. more, right? They feel like they can come into us more. So man, that's part of the practice too. Love it. Hmm. I love that. That's, something that I probably need to work on. And a lot of us do <laughs> think of being more um, receptive and not having to perform and kind of, you know, always have that output. I love that. Um, let's talk a little bit about this really got me in the class that I took. Um, I forget what the step was, but it was kind of a, you know, knock you on your butt, like, um, where you have to rub your belly and pat your head type of movement um, for nerve. Make a triangle. Yes. Make a circle. Yeah. It's that kind of thing that I was like, I can't do it. And then I was getting so pissed that I couldn't do it. And then I'm like, okay, let it go. It's your first time here. Relax. Um, but I know that's focused on neurogenesis, anti-aging, kind of crossing, you know, both sides of our brain. Um, let's talk about just some of the types of things you do and and the method behind that. Well, so I, I literally just, I spend time coming up with what can I do with their bodies that's going to confuse the heck mm -hmm. out of them. And we're basically, even I can barely do it. Maybe if I practice a lot at home, then I can, but probably I can't because what the science shows is that even attempting new things makes new neuronal connections. 
And so I'm looking at making, helping everyone make new neuronal connections. They've done studies with uh, people where they do, say, step aerobics, and then they look at the neuronal connections of someone else doing creative dance, and they make more in nursing homes, like uh, retirement community places. So I'm, I just amp it up by giving y'all just one song of something that's virtually impossible, not really, but almost, it's definitely impossible the first time you get there. And it's doing multiple things. So it's helping with neurogenesis for sure. So creating more neuronal connections, which is important for all of us. But it also, um, I mentioned earlier Ayurveda. I see the world through the lens of Ayurveda, which is the healing system from India. And it is one of the ways that I create class, which is to address imbalances in the doshas, which are, um, it's, I can't, we won't do the whole podcast. I know it's too much, but I, I must say this because there's, there's vata, pitta, kapha. Mm-hmm. And so vata out of balance, I see it as everyone comes in, they're spinning, they, they drop things, they're, they're going fast, they're talking a lot, they can't settle. That's vata out of balance. That's like everybody. And um, then I, I flesh out the pittas to see how pissed they get at that particular song. <laughs> a pitta is someone who wants to get things right. And um, so then what I can, what and you, you may or may not remember, but right after that, there's going to be a liberation dance. So it helps you let go of that part of you that gets out of balance. It's a beautiful quality to uh, have good sense of judgment, good critical thinking skills, good analyticals, strong opinions, great quality. But when it's out of balance, it becomes judgmental, critical, and perfectionistic. And so that exact experience that you had help you let go of some perfectionistic tendencies that you might have when you're out of balance, when you're stressed. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Yes. Yes. So so I've got all this stuff I'm doing underneath the woo. (laughs) It's like a method. I'm, I'm feel like I'm, I'm always stirring a stew and I'm paying attention to what's out of balance and, and I'll push more when there are a lot of pittas in class, a lot of that, um, the people who want to get things right, I'll actually be more in your face about it on purpose to get you really agitated. Remember I told you there's the agitation part of class It's also emotional or mental agitation on purpose. And then I'll just cut loose with a song and I'll be quiet and people go nuts. Right? So that's how that works to let that go. And that just for a visual, uh, that particular class, the movement was essentially a a jazz square with your feet. Um, so like step crossover back, back, and the right hand was drawing a triangle and the the left hand was doing a circle. Yes. Um, and and the triangle being a little bit slower, the circle being a little bit faster. And so even just trying to to take your right hand and draw a triangle and your left hand and draw a circle is difficult. But then to get the feet going, um, it was yeah. Yeah, everybody, they can, you can do it where you are. Just take your right hand and start making a circle and make a triangle with your left hand at the same time. And you're you'll see yep. you'll see what we're talking about. Yep. Oh, and then and then switch like that. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, goodness, we've covered so much stuff. I want to make sure I touch on, uh, you know, we talked about divine femininity and kind of pulling in that balance of, of the, the back part of the body and connecting polarities. Uh, but let's talk about how we can define the word old and how the importance of health at every age and health at every stage and uh, what that means to you. It means at this point, everything. I'm so about this. I never even paid attention to my age until I turned 60. It meant nothing to me. But all of a sudden, the comments I was getting, I'm like, I'm the same person I was yesterday at 59. What the heck? 
And I became aware of this whole body of research that shows that the cultural portal or the cultural beliefs around aging have a more impact on your health than genetics or lifestyle. Wild. What? Yeah. So, and the, so there's d data. If you want to see Mario Martinez is one of the lead researchers and um, there's also the blue zone is part of it, but not, so, it's a bit, but Mario Martinez. So here's what I've realized is that our culture says that getting older means you're just going to start to get overwhelmed. You're going to get really livid and you're going to get depressed. OLD, overwhelmed, livid, and depressed. That's what you're headed toward. And if you're a woman, you're just going to diminish in radiance. You're going to diminish in beauty. You're going to diminish in interest. You're going to diminish. Everything's going to diminish. And we're told that actually I have friends who are turning 30 and they feel it already. They feel like they're being told that. So you don't have to wait till you're my age uh, for the culture to start nabbing you. So I'm on a mission, a full-fledged Joan of Arc mission to create an alternative portal for women to step into, to step out of the cultural portal. So our alternative portal says, instead of becoming overwhelmed and livid and depressed, we become more and more overjoyed, loving and delighted because it's possible, OLD. And, and the tr real truth is we, can, we don't have to diminish in all those things. We can expand in our radiance. We can expand in how we can love. We're expanding in lovingness. We're expanding in curiosity. We're expanding in capacities. Yes. Does collagen start to decrease? Yes. Can diet help some? Yes. But look, our machine will age and die, but it doesn't have to be the way the culture says. So I'm, I'm like on this big mission. I love that. I love that. And is that, let's define for our audience, um, some of the offerings that you have. So I posted a video of me dancing, which will be last week when this, when this airs. And, um, yes, for those of you in Austin, although I like, don't even want to say it on air because I'm like, don't take my secrets. <laughs> right. um, but <laughs> Deb does teach dance classes, uh, at balance studios. And I'll be putting a link in the show notes. Um, it's South Lamar area, Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Um, but for everyone else, I know that you have recorded videos, you have programs. So there's the Shakti Sisterhood, and then there's also dance classes. Can you kind of distinguish what these offerings are and what listeners could experience? You bet. So I really want women to be able to dance with us, and I know everyone can't. So last summer, I got busy and I filmed three full dances. Um, and they have themes. One is joy, one is gratitude, and one I call deep. So when you're feeling some deep emotions that you're having a hard time processing, it's a good one to, to move them through. And so, um, and they're, they're all online. Once you buy them, they're yours. You can download them or keep looking at them online either way. And um, I made a discount code. So we'll put that in the, in the show notes that you can find those. The Prana Shakti at home is what I call it. And then because of this mission of mine about creating a new cultural portal, I've created an online, we're a virtual sisterhood is what, what it is. And my goal is this, it's to help women every single month, wake up some new part of themselves that is some kind of divine feminine energy. I've had amazing mentors in my life. The one of the most important was a Catholic nun. She's passed away, but she taught me all kinds of feminine, divine feminine energy presences that I wasn't aware of. I grew up 
with everything really in the church I grew up in was all masculine. I didn't even think about it until later. I never had seen images of the divine feminine. And what I learned from her is we often have to see it first outside of ourselves and then go, wait, I've got that too. And so we, each month we take different qualities of divine feminine energy and we weave it through dance and meditations and stories uh, to wake it up. So my goal is that women who are in the sisterhood every year, every month, every year, just keep waking up more facets of the diamond that they are. And they don't get hypnotized into believing that they're just a two-dimensional cardboard character of a woman who's going to get dried up. (laughs) That's my, (laughs) so that's what the sisterhood is. And it's a, it's a, you just pay monthly to be a part of it. We have a really active Facebook community. I bring something new every week and and also I put a, a discount. So if you want to try it for the first month, you could try and see what's it like to be in there. Cool. So we'll be putting, that's the 40% off code that we'll be putting out for listeners. And um, we're going to go with naturally 40 and you will have access to that for a couple weeks after this airs. Um, but we'll put links for everything in the show notes. So within that, what's the type of uh, media? So there's the, there's the Facebook group? And then is it like handouts? Is it video? Is it audio? What kind of material are they receiving? Oh, so in the sisterhood? Yeah. So we have, an, we have an online platform, like a learning platform. And so they get from, they get from me every month, at least one dance video, Okay. Uh, you know, a, a dance with a specific thing. So you're getting audios of meditations recorded by me and then handouts of journaling activities and videos. And then a live, we do a live gathering, Zoom gathering. So we do a live gathering and I'm coming on Facebook live pretty regularly with everybody. So yeah, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's ever evolving. I know all of you listening know that this whole world of virtual communities, we're, we're craving community. And I know it's not the same as being in person, but it sure beats being alone by yourself with your own thoughts. And we can help put those new thoughts in the new ideas into practice easier when we have these weekly, weekly things coming to you, audios and videos. And I think with the access through virtual, the the beautiful thing is you can be more selective in the sense of, I I, I see that all the time, you know, I'm, I'm working with clients throughout the country and some internationally and and not to toot my own horn or whatever, but for a lot of people's perspective, I'm the best. So why would they want to work with their local dietitian when they could work with me? Um, and so I think that that's a really beautiful element of the virtual space is that, yes, it's not one-on-one, but you get access to the best. You get access to the thing, the person that resonates with you or the best person for you. It doesn't have to be a competition, but right. the, the one that connects with you that can be your leader, your healer. Um, and I think that that's a really powerful thing. Well, really, it's so funny you said it because it really was one of the big impetus because I had to jump over hurdles to learn all the technology. I, mean, I make my own videos. I learned all the platforms myself. I upload them myself. And all of that was new to me. But what spurred me on was I kept thinking about women who live in small towns that don't have a yoga right. studio or don't have a balanced dance. They don't have this really rich, diverse community. You've seen our dance class. We have aged 26 to 75 dancing in the same room. 
who gets to do that? Yeah. We're so lucky. So the sisterhood has that feel to That's it awesome. too. Yeah. I love that. And I can't wait to share that with our listeners and to be like doing one of your classes and have my husband walk in and be like, what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, just around the, around the world, hip yep. circle gyrations. Yep. Over yep. Byron would probably like join right in and be fine. Make everybody happy in the house. Trust me. Well, you actually missed, actually, we took the class over the holidays and we had one of Brady Miller's famous margaritas and we were talking about the circles and triangles and Byron, her engineer husband was like, let me try it. So he was, he was doing it in our kitchen and he actually was he's, really good at it. That damn analytical he's brain He's really good at those things. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I think we could pick your brain all day, Deb, but I want to leave listeners with just kind of some final tools, uh, maybe two to three things that they can do right now or after listening to this episode um, in order to um, use movement as medicine and and create balance in their body. So maybe two to three kind of takeaways. I would start the day like I said, really in your body with your own hands on your body, whether you have lotion or not, some kind of massage or pay attention to the shower. I would set a timer. I actually do this at my own desk and get up and do hip circles every hour on the hour, just big old wide hip circles and, and let that hips release and make some kind of sound. And let me just think about a third thing. Look for, I want look for evident, look for women you admire who are living their lives sensually, radiantly, out loud, and boldly. Because what we look for, we start seeing more of. And then what we see, we can recognize in ourselves. That's what I would say. I love that. That's wonderful. Um, so let's just talk real uh, quick about where listeners can find you. I have uh, Dr. Deb Kern with a K. So it's D-R-D-E-B-K-E-R-N.com is where you can find access to the classes, the uh, sisterhood, and all of the things. And then how about on like social media and so, other platforms? Yeah. Everywhere I'm Dr. Deb Kern. So Instagram, make it easy, make it easy Dr. Deb <laughs> Kern. I would love for you to come. I love Instagram so much. I love, I love just putting little things up on stories and sharing any inspirations coming my way and what we're doing in the sisterhood. So whether you're in it or not, you could get little hits of it by just popping over to Instagram or Facebook. I'm doing, doing both. Dr. Deb Kern, same, same everywhere. Awesome. Beautiful. And then uh, the final question we have to ask you, being dietitians, we do this to all of our guests, put them on the spot, um, is what was your 24-hour recall? So yesterday was, uh, what day? Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Where are we? Uh, what did you have to eat yesterday? Oh my gosh, this is great. Okay, so hold <laughs> on. It was, I'm going to do it for real. So in the morning, I, had a, I did a shake, shake in a shaker bottle with some collagen and protein in it. And then I scooped up like a spoon of my uh, leftover guacamole so I could get some fat. Because I, I listen, I've taken your courses. So my day won't be perfect, but I'm going to tell you what it was. Because then when I came home from class, um, I'm going to tell you what it was. What was the, what was the, oh, I had leftover lentils um, and I didn't have time. I was looking at my clock. I didn't have time. So I had some lacinato kale in there. So I chopped it up, threw it up into the lentils, added more water and made one bowl dish. That was my lunch. And, um, 
I had my first tango lesson yesterday Ooh. with my boyfriend at his house. And so I, this, I'm telling you this because this is part of it, because I pushed my dinner late and I'm, I'm really committed for me, my body. I don't do well with snacking. I'm better if I eat good meals. I know myself about that. So he was snacking on cookies and I was not. This is what I want to assess my brag. And then we went to that place. Uh, it's called not Mad Greens, but something like that. And I had a, um, a coconut Thai salad with chicken. All right. Ta-da! All sounds good. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the Naturally Nourished podcast. As I've shared with listeners, it's been such a fantastic opportunity to get to experience what you bring in the wellness and healing space. And one of my favorite testimonials that I've experienced from patients, I, I mean, we've seen fantastic things, weight loss of 200 pounds, people that were wheelchair bound walking, people getting off eight, 10 medications and all the things. But my favorite testimonial that I've received is, Allie, I feel like myself again. And I want to tell you that, Deb, I feel like the movement and what I've learned from you and experienced through Prana Shakti was really a, a portal back into myself. And I'm, that's the greatest gift that I could receive. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.